I'm glad to finally be back here on the All Bases Covered podcast. We have a hell of a show lined up tonight, man, an explosive show. I'm glad to have my partner in crime back, Sam. We got our boy Josh calling in uh, here shortly. Uh, It's going to be a great show, man. Uh, We're glad to be back. Hey, uh, uh, raise the hands real quick. Who wants to change the intro music? Josh, you there? Yeah, I, I, we can, uh, Josh, I, I haven't dialed him in yet here. Hold on one second. Yeah, dial him in, bro. Uh, now Josh is dialed in. Do, Josh is dialed in now. We got – so you want to change the interest. So we need we need to go back to the drawing board with, with our Fiverr account and ha, and outsource our intro again? No. Why? Yeah. Why can't you just make your own intro? A different one. Well, because we don't own the rights to certain music, so we need unlicensed music. So what? We'll find unlicensed shit. Okay. All right. All right. This was the original one. This was the original one before got changed. This was the original. And that felt like I was on uh, about to watch a corny Delta Airlines in-flight commercial. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yo, by the way, man, we're going to get to the NFL draft, and, and this is our second segment. But, yo... This Amber Heard, Johnny Depp child is awesome. absolutely bananas. Dude, you cannot write this crazy shit that I've been hearing and the nickname he had for her. It's insane, but we'll get to all that. We will get to all that, man. This is uh, crazy. Uh, so I, it looks like. I can't wait for the Lifetime uh, movie of this. Oh, oh it's going to become one. You're going to have like an E special behind the scenes. What happened? Oh yeah, I can't Very wait. Um, Anything to get people and lonely housewives to watch during the day, right? Seriously. Uh, wow, the Jets taking Brees Hall? Yes, yes, I like that move. Whoa. I like that move. Let I like it a lot. Mean for our boy, Michael, Michael. Oh God, Carter. Michael Carter is going to be moved down to a third down back, bro. That's what he's going to be. Unfortunately, yeah, probably, you know. Even that, I think Hall can handle. That's the thing. That's the part, bad part, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you Penny know. Walker going to Michigan, going to Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, Rashad Penny's going to lose that job as well. Yep. I'm sorry. It's going to happen as well. But listen, the, the crazy thing about Hall is that when I was reading his comp, guess what comp they gave him? Who? Who did they give him? Hall. Hall. Yeah, I know. Who? Who did they give Bruce Hall? ESPN and the score. Uh, so ESPN and the score gave. I know. I'm asking you what NFL player they come. Oh, I discounted Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, he was he did have a uh, 24 Pretty straight high. games with yeah. a touchdown. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I'm reading Matt Miller's NFL count for Brees Hall. They comped him to Alvin Kamara. 
that's even crazier, right? And they're basically saying, post-draft analysis, the Jets don't seem to be a team that needed a running back on paper after taking Michael Carter last year. Uh, but he's a true three-down back, and he'll push Carter to a complimentary role. Yep, third down, bro. He's going to become Naeem Hines. <laughs> oh, God, that sucks for our dynasty team. Oh. Why? I don't know who the dumbass was that set up the draft of the dynasty right after the NFL season was over instead of waiting for the draft because so much shit played out that I would. It was probably it was probably the guys that left the draft. I mean the league rather. Yeah. The, the, the scumbag. I wouldn't have fucking taken Michael Carter in the fourth, in the fourth or fifth round of dynasty draft had I known Brees Hall was going to be taken there. Anyways, I, I digress. Let's talk first round. Let's talk some reaches here. I talked, Sam, I talked with you last night. Josh, I didn't really talk to you too much about the draft yesterday, but I, I thought for sure Trayvon Walker uh, and uh, was a supreme reach at number one. I, I didn't like that pick whatsoever. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Trayvon Walker going number one? I think, um, I think it's a – I don't know if it's a reach because if he works out athletically for the Jags, um, it might be great. But the Jags seem to do Jags things. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they've had first-round, first-pick busts in the past. So, um, you know, uh, I, I still think Hutchinson would have been a better, a safer bet than one, if you ask me. I, I think – there was a lot of push towards Trayvon Walker this week. Uh, so I think that's why they, they got him. But I think it was all the upside of Walker, why they wanted him. There's a tremendous amount of upside for him to where with Aiden Hutchins, you kind of know what you're going to get. Right. You have, so. your, you have your ceiling, your floor and your ceiling mapped out, and it's going to kind of play out yep. as it's supposed to play out. But exactly. I, and they, I they think the Walker ceiling is yeah. higher. Trayvon Walker is the first ever, first ever number one overall pick in NFL history that was never an All-American or even an All-Conference player. See, that is something that is shocking to me. How do you – you have to see immense upside in order to make that kind of move, in my opinion. Immense bust. That's what I think. Trayvon Walker, I don't care. I do not care if he has a solid This dude better be able to get double-digit sacks most years. And at least, I don't see it happening. The guy had, the guy was on a loaded Georgia defense. Loaded Georgia defense. This man had nine and a half sacks in three seasons. In three seasons, yeah. that he totaled nine. Wait, what, he played edge, yeah. Yeah, he was an edge That's rusher. That's ridiculous. That is sick, bro. That's absolutely nuts. He he's not. He, I don't see it with him. I don't see Miles Garrett. I don't see JJ Watt. I don't. I don't. Clowny. I don't see Clowney even. The Clowney, Clowney's kind of... Clowney had so much hype coming out of college at South Carolina. Yeah, I don't want to call Clowney a bust, but he's kind of meh. You know, if you look at his stats, 
finally he's had a couple of Pro Bowls, right? He's had a couple of good years. He provides a lot for the run D that people don't take notice for. Yeah. Right? He's not getting your sacks and your hits and your hurries per se as you'd expect him to do so, but he's he's changing a game in a different way. Like he's still useful, very useful on the team. He's useful, but Clowney, yeah, he's Clowney's made three Pro Bowls, one AP All Pro team, one All Pro team. He's never had double-digit sacks in a season, though. He's never had double-digit sacks. In a yeah, season. he's always been like nine and a half or nine. Yeah, and there's yeah. and there's a reason why he's still a free agent. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I, I don't think the Seahawks are going to resign him. They had him last year, right? Yeah, no, that was no, with the Browns, wasn't he? Played in Cleveland last year. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot he left uh, Seattle to go to Cleveland. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and uh, Miles Garrett wants him back, but he still hasn't signed. And now I don't think I don't know if Cleveland has enough money to sign him. They might see Miles Garrett, but Miles Garrett could use the help of a clowny he to could. take pressure mm-hmm. off of a double team, to take pressure off of another person. Like you might have to double based on the team that you see, right? You might have to double clowny based on how weak your O line is, right? And if you're doing that, then you're kind of screwing the whole deal because you're leaving Garrett, you know, wide open pretty much. Um, another one of the uh, the big reaches that I thought that we uh, that, uh, or at least a big surprise to me is what the fuck are the Patriots doing taking Cole Strange at twenty? Good God, man! You teach Chattanooga did on the board, see, man. That's ridiculous. Did you see Sean McVay's reaction to yeah. that? His yeah. reaction was hilarious. That was man. nuts. They were laughing. They're like, we were thinking we're gonna get him at one hundred and four. You know? Yeah, yeah. They said. Mel Kuyper is like, this guy might sneak into round two, but he was likely a round three pick, and you take him at, at 29 overall? Like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? What, like, if you don't, if, if you wanted him so bad, just trade out of 29, get more picks. Yes, yes, exactly. If you wanted him that bad, because nobody else wants him to the third round. Right. Why even bother? Why even bother, right? But dude, it's I'm the Patriot way. You just never know. Yeah, you don't know. You Maybe can't, they you can't, see you something can't doubt the Patriots. That we obviously don't, but like, what could they see though? A five-year project that turns he's into an All-Pro. He's an offensive guard, man. So he's not even a tackle. Like it's not even like oh, I you know we could see yeah, tackles are sought after, right? Yeah, I like he. I, I'm not saying you don't need offensive guards, but most guards. Most of the good guards in the league will be taken in the back end of the first round. But now you're reaching for a guard that was going to be there later. That was going to be – you could have taken a different guy. There was other best – And they were so they, – they, they have holes. They have holes on their team across the board that they need to shore up. Like, one of the better guards in the league – or in the in – the, uh, not in the league, I'm sorry, but one of the better guards that was available – that was all ACC. That was really good. Was Zach Tom from Wake Forest? He was very good. You could have taken him, and he's good. He's still there now. Sean Ryan from which UCLA mean, was that's crazy. Which 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 means like if those guys are still there, he would have def. I mean, Strange would have been available in the third round, like they were saying. Hundred percent. I don't. I don't get it. I don't get that pick. I don't really get – honestly, in the first round, the other pick that I don't really understand was now the, the, the 
Packers made up for it. But they took two deep. Wait, how did they make up for it? Can I ask you how how they made up for it? They took Christian Watson here in the second round early. Uh, it, it it does it doesn't matter though. That you know, yeah. it really it, honestly, it genuinely doesn't matter because Watson is still a raw prospect. He's six four. He runs a four three. That's great. His comp is Martavius Bryant, without yeah. the drugs. Really, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And 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 that's you, saying, that, that's saying a lot. You know, you might get a Jordy Nelson type, but dude, Rogers has such limited time. He is not the right person. You needed uh, you needed you needed a top tier receiver. They, like they were all gone though. Same. I know they were gone. I, well, I, I get was, it. They had to make the best pick. They had to make, but you got, like yeah, you got yeah, two Josh. first round picks. You let the Lions come up and take James oh, Williams. Come on, man! Exactly. You couldn't. Move, you couldn't have moved up. You could have moved up as soon as you seen that yeah. run when Drake London went number See, that, eight. That, so that's James what I was Wilson. saying, Mike. That's what I was saying. What Josh just said. Like these guys had ammo to move up to get somebody to be their number one. Or they could have traded for AJ Brown. Or they could have traded for who went for peanuts, by the way. Yeah. Really, honestly, the Eagles made out like bandits on that trade because A.J. Brown went to the Titans and told them that you're not even offering me 20 mil a year, which is, you know, uh, uh, fine. He wants his money. That's great. But the Eagles signed him to a $100 million deal for four years. That's cheap for someone that's coming off of two consecutive programs with an injury a year. You know? But the only thing is I don't think his stats can be that good. But uh, now he's going to the Eagles. Uh, what's that? He's, he's, Eagles, he's going to the Eagles. Play, keep in mind, he's playing in a weaker division too. He's playing in a weaker, weaker division, but with a, a running quarterback. Division. With a running quarterback, but hold on, mind you, mind you, they do have uh, um, almost like a, a, a one B with Devonta Smith. I think uh, you know he's like a two. I think he's a solid two, right? Um, that'll take pressure off of A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's always had an issue of not having a number two in Tennessee. Yeah. They thought Julio Jones was going to be the answer. He's definitely not it. And you got Dallas Goddard there. You still have a top-tier tight end. You have a good tight end there. I don't know. I, I'll tell you what. My So far for me of the first round, I'm not, not looking at the overall draft, my two biggest winners are the Jets and the Saints. To me, the Jets and the Saints knocked it out of the park with their draft so far. Uh, the Saints got Olave at number 11 to pair with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, and they got Jameis Winston, who I, I know he's not a great quarterback, but he was having a hell of a season last year when he got hurt. Before he tore his ACL, Winston was, was having a, a – Yeah, he was balling. But that's what Winston does every couple of, first couple of games of every year. He did that with the box too, you know. Eye surgery to correct his vision. He did, he did, he did. No, I'll give you that. Winston is definitely a good, like, a a Band-Aid quarterback to go for. I would rather go with Winston than Goff, if that's the question, right? You you know, but but I still think that the the Saints still have still a little bit more, a couple more holes on their offense, especially their their O-line, man. They got that tackle. Yeah. They That's what him. I like. I like the tackle move, really. Henning is a beast, and he's mean. He is mean. I, I watched him in the senior bowl practice lighting dudes up after the whistle. And then the Chargers got Zion Johnson, a really nice Which guy. was also another great pick. 
they're, yeah. they're showing they're showing up the offense for Eckler, for yeah. you know the receiver core that they have. Herbert obviously is the focal point of that offense, right? Yeah, for sure, hundred uh, percent. You know that's. But man, I, I like I said, I like the Saints and the Jets draft a lot. Um, you know, we're gonna have to see how some of these other ones uh, shake out. For me, failing grades though so far, I got to give the Jags. And I got to give the Houston Texans failing grade so far. I did not like. You would think the Texans would do something with their picks, right? I mean, I thought they took Kenyon Green, who. All right, they took him at fifteen. He was he was the twenty eighth ranked prospect in the entire draft. You can't tell me that you can't trade down from fifteen and and grab him at like twenty one or twenty two, you know, and get more draft capital. Then you took Derek Stingley, who had a really good freshman sophomore year, but has done shit for two seasons at LSU. And you got, took him at number three, which I thought was way kind of high. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. Even Gardner at four was high for us, right? I thought but, Gardner at four was a little high, yeah. I, I, he, I, 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 I will say that. But listen, what we've been missing sorely for the Jets is a number one corner, bro. We tried buying it. We tried buying, you know, so, uh, a couple of free agents. We tried a, a bunch. It's not. It's not. What we need a true number one, right? And Gardner kind of checked off all the boxes. I read up a lot about Gardner right before they picked him, and I was like, listen, you know, D one quarterbacks are are not throwing it his way because they're afraid he's going to pick them off. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I like that. I like that edge on him. You know, for the Jets. We we lost Josh. And a defensive minded coach can completely revamp their, their, their defense with a number one corner like that. No, I agree. Agreed. hundred percent, man. Um uh we lost Josh. I don't know if you're gonna call back in. It sounded like the baby was crying, so <laughs> he might uh Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah, he might have to pop back. But um yeah, man, so 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 far, uh do you think Johnson at the end at 26 for the Jets? Because, you know, people are saying that he's top eight. Top eight pick. Obviously, he has his issues, you know, of, of wanting to play the so, – a couple off-field issues here and there. But talent alone, right, he he was looking at like a top eight, top ten pick, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he had no issues off the field. This man has never been in trouble. No, no, no not, not trouble. What I mean off the field, I mean like his drive to actually play, to want to play. No, that's not ever been his problem, honestly. No, uh, no, his his attitude in the locker room sometimes. Uh, okay. Has been what's uh, what's you know he he's said to be difficult sometimes, but this dude was at Georgia for two years, transfers to Florida. Loaded defense, mind you. Loaded defense transfers to Florida State and is all ACC Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, he had a monster season at yep. Florida. State. For a losing football team, mind you. So right, right. I feel like that shows a lot, right? Is if you're going to get, is if you uh, can earn the honors and you're not on a good football team, that you're still playing hard every game, regardless of what the record is. Hey, listen, it could it could have been the locker room at Georgia, really, yeah. you know, where they weren't taking him seriously, where he thought he was serious, you know. Yeah, and he had the opportunity to prove that at Florida State. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one pick I like. 
And I really so, like listen before you even continue. I want to ask you a quick question right now. I know we're going to be, you know, running through a lot of stuff. We have a hot topics we haven't talked in weeks. But what so far, running up into the current pick, what is your steal of the draft? Um, well, there's two right now. My two biggest steals is the Chiefs snagging George Karloftis out of Purdue, who I really was high on. And I thought that Karloftis probably could have been a top 12 pick. Um, really great motor, gets after it, power rusher. Uh, Rex Havoc off the edge. I love George Karloftis. And so, let me ask you a quick question before you continue. Do you know if the Chiefs are moving forward with Clark and his contract, or what's the deal? I don't know. I don't know, but it's a hell of a replacement, if if, if not, because Karloftis has a big motor, and getting him at number 30 in the first round is a steal, and I, I think the Giants snagging Wandale Robinson in the second round, he's explosive. He's only 5'8". Yeah. He's on the yeah. ball side. Yeah. But as a slot receiver, someone that can return kicks and punts, mm-hmm. he can also he could be like Debo Samuel. I watched him in that role at Nebraska and at Kentucky, running right. the ball out of the shotgun. He played for Nebraska? What's that? He played for Nebraska? For two seasons before he transferred to wow. Kentucky. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you watched him, obviously, so you know. I mean – do you think he's like a like a better Tavon Austin? No, I think he's similar to Devo Samuel, just a little bit smaller. But that smaller role changes in the NFL, though, dude. It does. He'll be a you know those those three four inches, thirty forty pounds makes a difference does, when you're getting hit by linebackers that outweigh you. Receiver. He's not going to be an outside receiver, but he will be a slot receiver, and he can also take the ball out of shotgun and run the ball a little bit. That's what I'm saying. So on, on the run plays that are that are set up for Debo, he's going to get crushed by NFL linebackers. No, dude. At 5'8", oh. if, if Darren Sproles isn't getting crushed by NFL run linebackers running the football, and he was 5'5", five five, and Quentin Griffin wasn't getting crushed. Dude, the game, the game has changed a lot since those guys have played. You know, you and I know that both. Linebackers now are as fast as, as receivers. But Sproles played like three years ago, so the game's not played. No, but Sproles has played three years ago in very limited fashion. He was at the tail end of his career. No, man, I I, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, I think he's totally fine, especially. I like think you have a little bit of Nebraska kind of smudging your eye no. and and wanting to see what you want to see. No, but look at all right. So let's look at Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb is five foot nine. He's five foot nine. He's an inch taller. He's an inch taller than Wendell Robinson. He came out of Kentucky as well. And when he came out of Kentucky, he was five five foot nine, uh five foot nine, a hundred and eighty five pounds. Wendell Robinson is five foot eight, a hundred and eighty pounds. I mean, he can get in the weight room. Yeah, he's not going to get any uh, taller, but 180 pounds, he can easily tack on 10, 12 pounds and be sitting at, you know, 190, 192 pounds. And and his role will be fine. So what team did he get drafted by? The Giants. 
Okay. So, so do you know the person that was throwing the ball to Randall Cobb his first year? Do you yeah, happen to know his name? Yeah. 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 I mean, so look, now who's going to be throwing to your boy, uh, you know, uh, from the Giants? It's a, it's a toss-up. It might be anybody, really, to be honest with you. It might be somebody that gets drafted in this, in this draft, to be honest with you as well. You know, if they pull the trigger on Malik Willis in, like, the third round or some shit like that, you know, if they do something like that, then, dude, you have a completely different dynamic available, which may hurt or, 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 or give you immense potential, right? So, I, I, I'm not the, – the cop comp, I'm not buying it because right off the bat, he had an all-pro, all-decade quarterback giving him direction. He was able to refine his game in a way that, he, that he'll never get anywhere else at any other organization that he yeah. played for. I don't know, man. I would say just just wait and see. You asked for my steals. I told you my steals. Wayndale Robinson. No, no, no. I, no I'm not saying that, that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm disagreeing with your steals. I think it still is a steal, but you have to look at all of the surrounding, you know, things that are that elements that are kind of moving this forward, you know. A Cobb comp is, like, not cool, in my opinion. What? They both came out of Kentucky. They're both about to. I would say Tavon Austin is the cop, really. Because he came. Because when Austin came to the Rams, uh, when he was drafted, you know, he, when he was drafted, they had, they had trash quarterbacks and they had Jeff Fisher. So, so coaching them. So, yeah, that's, that's your real cop. You know, if, if, if Austin latched on to, like, an all pro quarterback, I think things would have been different, for sure. I don't know if he. I don't know if he would have. I. I never. Ah, uh, you're just rubbing Nebraska hard. That's what it's asking, bro. Dude, Tavon Austin. I don't know, man. He just he he bounced from team to team. He went to the Dallas Cowboys. He played. Yeah, he played on a shitty St. Louis, L.A. Rams team, 49ers, and he was on the Packers in 2020. He was on the Packers. I, I mean, look again. <laughs> when you're looking at 2020 Tavon Austin, and you're looking at the options that Aaron Rodgers has. Tanyan is a better option than Tavon Austin, uh, Austin, you know, as a receiver. So let's I, not go there. I never thought he was that special, uh, Tavon Austin. But you know, I digress. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens with Wayndale Robinson. I think I think that he can be a weapon that's used in a variety of ways, much like Debo. If Sanders. he ended up, if he ended up on the Bucks, I would say absolutely yes. But they got a new like Wes Welker Edelman type of deal, you know. I, I don't care who their quarterback is; they can still use him running jet, him running jet sweeps and running the ball on a shotgun and taking bubble screens. Doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. Yeah, for his overall impact, sure, fine. But you know, you could say that about Debo Samuel because his first two years in the league, who did he have throwing him the ball? Garoppolo got hurt. He had Nick Mullins throwing him the football along with other other people. So, I mean, this was his first year he really broke out. J- Jimmy G was hurt all of last year, and I think his rookie year, Jimmy G Jimmy G was there, and they went to the Super Bowl, but uh, he was a rookie that year. So, I, I mean, you, you can make these cases uh, about not having people throw the ball to. And I don't think the Giants – the Giants are trying to build now 
because they know next year they're taking a quarterback. They just don't want to waste another pick on another shitty quarterback when next year's draft is going to be loaded with quarterbacks. What do you think about Pickett? Uh, he's okay. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I, the quarterback of this draft class that I like a lot. I have been high on Matt Coral. I'm still somewhat high on him, and I like Bailey Zapp. And a lot of people kill me for liking Bailey Zapp, but this dude had of all the quarterbacks of all the quarterbacks in this draft: Malik Willis. Uh, Sam Howell, uh, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, all of them. He had the highest completion percentage of throws 20-plus yards down the field. And the highest completion. This man threw for 62 touchdown passes and almost 6,000 yards. And I know. So so you think that 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 warrants a look, right, those numbers? I think it warrants a look. I know he played at a smaller school at Western Kentucky, but shit, man. It's not like – I mean, fuck, we've seen Carson Wentz, who played at North Dakota, be the – Correct, first. correct, exactly, exactly. Even, even, even Malik Willis being entertained in this Literally. draft is the same idea, concept. Yeah. I, I, I just I – think, I think a lot of hate gets thrown at Bailey's that because he played in the fun-and-gun offense where they were like Texas Tech, you know, throwing the ball 60 times a game. Um, but, but listen, but, Mahomes came from Texas Tech, no? He did, he did. So, um, I mean, how do you hate on that system, really? One NFL scout said when they look at – when they watch Bailey Zapp, he reminds them of Drew Brees. No, really? Yes. yes. Now, that was one one scout. There wasn't, uh, you know, a bunch of people saying that. But they say that his presence, his accuracy. Drew Brees had a strong arm, but what even at Purdue, was, even at Purdue, he had an immense arm, right? For accuracy, but, right? But it was his accuracy. It was his accuracy. No, 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 right. His arm was 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 it was touted for its accuracy. That's why the yeah. Chargers bit the bullet on him, right? And Bailey Zapp, let me just tell you this. I know he played at Western Kentucky. He threw the ball almost seven hundred times. He completed. 70% of his passes for 62 touchdowns and 11 interceptions on 700 attempts in 12 games. What's That's crazy. That yeah, no, no, it's, it's nuts. What is it? The 700 divided by 12 is 58 passes a game. Dude. I, I don't know. We'll see how, where he gets taken. If, he, if Bailey Zapp goes to a team – that has a quarterback and he gets and he he can sit for a year or two, and and then like maybe, a Jordan Love, really? What's that? I said like a Jordan Love. I was thinking like the Colts, right? The Colts take Bailey's app. Matt Ryan's got what two good, probably two good seasons under his belt, right? Then let's see what happens if the Colts take Bailey's app or a team uh, like. Maybe Atlanta snatches snatches them up in like the second or third round. Mariota could lose that job. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, be in a position to snag someone here and be like, you know what, we got Matt Ryan for at least the next two seasons. Let this guy develop, and then then we'll see what's what when Matt Ryan leaves us. 
But I think the Colts are in a prime position to take a quarterback here in the second or third round and just let them sit because there's no pressure, right? There's no pressure for that guy. To and even play. if he's stuck this year, next year is loaded, right? Exactly, exactly. And Aaron Rodgers sat. He sat behind Brett Favre. There was other guys that sat. And, and, and granted, Aaron Rodgers was first-round pick. If you take a quarterback in the second or third round, they're not necessarily looked at by the fan base as, hey, get them in the games. You know, if you take a quarterback number five overall, and, and you want them to they, – They want to see how they are, right? So when you take them five, they want to yeah. see how they are. When, when they're second, third-round pick, they are – it's okay. We'll see how they go, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, we got – man, we uh, spent a lot of time on the NFL draft. Um, <laughs> we got about 25 minutes left on the show. But, Dude, I'm sorry I'm getting gas. What's that? I said I'm sorry I'm getting gas. You're getting gas, like, for your car or, like, as a – Correct, for the, car, for the car. No, I'm just fucking getting gas because I feel like it, right? <laughs> my bike, my lawnmower, my goddamn space shuttle. Hey, I had to get gas for my goddamn lawnmower the other day, so don't don't knock it, okay? I, <laughs> I'm getting gas for my satellite, man. I've already decided you guys get a house. My housewarming gift to you is going to be a fucking John Deere. I'm going to get you a lawnmower. <laughs> That's going to be hilarious. <laughs> ah, dude, this Amber Heard. I'm definitely going to be riding dirty in that, too. You know that, right? What's that? You know I'm going to be riding dirty in that, too. You know that. Dude, I hope you fucking... Like, me- like metaphorically and physically both. I'm going to get dirt and, and the grass all over me. I'm going to be high as shit while I'm, while, while I'm mowing lawn. There you go. I, I, hope you throw some, I hope you throw some fucking rims on that lawnmower, too. That would be fucking a sight to see right there. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pissed. <laughs> all right. So, I don't know how much you read about the Amber Heard Johnny Depp child, but... Dude. I mean, I, I read a little bit, and then I, I watched a bunch of, like, YouTube clips, so I have a slim idea. Dude, she has some serious, serious, serious issues, man. Like, she's nuts. She does she's like, full-on nuts. Who takes a shit in the bed next to a person that they're sleeping next to? I, I don't know, but how good how good must she be in bed? For Johnny Depp, she's really, yeah, you know, she took a shit in my bed. She fucking cut my finger off, and, yeah, still, I'm going to stay with her. Because he called her, he called her the head, like, head queen herd, or, like, the hurricane or something like that. Then he said that I got other uses for your throat, baby, and then she says my throat is all yours. Like, how good is she? How good is she? That he's just like, yeah, she's still my bed, and she beats on me, and she fucking tried to cut my finger off. But, yeah, you know, I'm going to stick with her. Honestly, I think I think that there's, like, another element of, like, Johnny Depp just being, like, tired of shit. I think it came a point in his life where he was just like, fuck it, like, I'm 50-plus, like, whatever. I'll just put up with it for putting up sick. <laughs> I guess, man. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like she's crazy, but she's like. Well, she's certified crazy. Her, her uh, psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever it was was like she definitely suffers from like multiple personality disorders. Wow. 
But, you know, Bill Burr had brought up on his podcast, and I, I want to talk about this a little bit real quick, and I know uh, we should play the wheel of uncomfortable subjects here, um, but here we go. Uh, we don't own the audio to Bill Burr's podcast, so I, I couldn't post it on here, but he basically was saying, I'm tired. Can, he's like, can we now – keep people's names out of the papers and out of the media that have been accused of sexual assault and wife beating and things of that nature until they're convicted of it. And he's like, I get it. There's a lot of dudes that do a lot of dirty shit that never get in trouble. He's like, I get it. But we've reached this tipping point where all a woman has to do is say this guy raped her or sexually assaulted her or beat her and everybody in the or at any point any sexual act might have been non-consensual right it doesn't even need to be like sex or rape or anything it could be just an act that is sexual that is non-consensual but amber heard basically ruined johnny depp's career by saying that oh yeah he lost the pirates of caribbean uh you know all all that revenue that comes from there that's gone right yeah. he was supposed to be part of the the harry potter uh, prequels, yeah, he, he was pulled from that, he was pulled from that, right? He was pulled yeah. from that. So, yeah, his life, it, it kind of got screwed, and this guy became, he went from going, he went from being a, a, a good actor in a bunch of, like, thrillers and a couple other movies, right? Low for that, even artistic movies for that matter, right? Good actor, great actor. To, he went from there to, like, supernova, like, superstar. Almost Marvel Cinematic Universe with that with this Pirates of the Caribbean. It was massive. It grows it grows Disney so much money that it's unheard of. But but the thing is, it wasn't any none of it was true. She straight up fucking lied. She straight right. up lied. Right. She lied. And she caught him at a time where he was filming for the the second Harry Potter movie. And that's what Bill Burr is saying, dude is, look, guys that do that shit, they're pieces of shit, they should be put in jail. He's like, I'm not saying, but this whole thing has come about to where all a woman has to do, all she has to do is say, you know, I felt like he forced me to have sex or he beat me. And even if there's nothing to back it up, if there's nothing to back it up, there's no evidence or the man's never convicted, that stigma stays with them. It stays with them. James Franco hasn't been in a single fucking movie. And he won't be in one because of the shit. And he won't be in anything either moving forward. He can apologize all he wants, but, like, even his voice cut him off. Dude, Seth Rogen even was like, dude, like, yeah, I can't fucking be with you right now. Aziz Ansari disappeared because this one chick said she felt like she was obligated to blow him. I'm like, dude, come on, really? Like really, you felt forced by Aziz Ansari, who's five foot seven, one hundred and sixty pounds. Exactly, exactly. So, like, when shit like that happens, I'm like, I, I really have to question, like, the motives of the movement, really, because the movement is to empower women to be more confident. These assholes that are are actually assholes in real life, right? right. And then you have this ulterior group of people that are looking to just benefit off the scenario. And, and these are those people. 
the person that got, you know, that, that went forward with the Ansari case, dude, she's paid. She's paid, bro. She already got paid. And she's a nobody. She's a nobody that got paid. Yeah. Allison Davis, I think, or who was the person who, oh, no, a woman using the pseudonym Grace accused Ansari of sexual misconduct in their article and uh, said that uh, she later texted Ansari expressing her discomfort, and he replied to her with an apology. So basically she said later that she felt uncomfortable, not in that moment. But, like, listen, if you're uncomfortable doing something, you tell them whoever the person is right then and there. Or why even do it? No one's coercing you, right? Right. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, and then she's like, oh, well, he forced What, me. she felt like she had to because he was a star? Yeah. Come on, dude. Get the hell out of here. That's not a reason why. Yeah. I, I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. Um. Yeah, I, I feel bad for Johnny Depp that basically his name got dragged through the mud. I don't know if now that it's come out that she was lying and she's mentally ill, that if Disney will kind of be like, okay, we can go back on. But if I was Johnny Depp, I'd be like, go fuck yourselves. You guys didn't no, no, Disney said, already said that they won't. Okay, okay. They already said that they won't because they went forward with Matt Mickelson as okay. the new Grindelwald, so. Okay, okay. Now, it's, 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 it's a disappointment, but hopefully now he'll start getting some rolls back now that, that it's kind of coming out that she's just fucking crazy. So uh, I wanted to talk about a movie that's uh, out now. It's on HBO Max. Um, it's called The Survivor, uh, based on a true story of the boxer Henry Haft, who survived Auschwitz as he was forced to fight in gladiator-style boxing in the uh, in the uh, concentration camps to survive. So they would pit him against other Jews, and they would say, last That's one, crazy. Last one standing, you know, fight. So on them. some really, like, on some Ro- Roman gladiator type of shit. Pretty much. Pretty you much. die or you go home. I mean, like, or you win, right? Right. And, uh, you know, uh, he was called all kinds of names by other Jewish people. They're like, how dare you do that, you know, whatever. But, I, you know, if you're trying to survive, you, you do what you can. But I haven't seen the movie. I want to see it. I got it. Uh, I, I, I put it up on Plex. Um, I, I'm very excited uh, to watch it. At some point. I, I, I think it looks like an amazing story. Um, so that that's one thing I'm interested in seeing. And another show came out. I don't know if you ever watched The Wire, Sam. Um, but, of course I have. Come on. Okay. So a new show called We Own the Night. Okay. Um, I think is that what it's called? We own. We own the night. Uh, TV show is done by the producers of The Wire. Okay. I gotta uh, check it out. Not it. That's not it. Sorry. Uh, let's see. It's not called We Own the Night. We Own This City. We Own This City is it's in Baltimore, okay? And it's the same producer, same creators of The Wire. There's actually a lot of people from The Wire in this show. Jamie Hector, who... who oh, that's cool. What's that? That's really cool to actually have. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Hector, who played Marlo Stanfield. Um, Delaney Williams, who was one of the detectives in The Wire, or the, the sergeant, uh, quite a few other people. John Bernthal stars in this. Yeah. Uh, I saw that. Yep, I saw the trailer. 
It looks it looks fantastic. Uh, I'm excited to watch. Uh, it's about the Baltimore Police Department's gun uh, task force and exposes the crooked cops, right? What's that? Crooked cops, right? Yeah, crooked crop cops. So it should be very interesting. Excited to watch that one, man. So uh, I, you know, you guys check that out on HBO. Uh, all right, now moving on. We got 15 minutes to go. Uh, we got to talk about the NBA playoffs, man. Um, I think. Game six, um, I think this is the last first-round matchup, right? Everything else is decided. Memphis and Minnesota yep. Yep. Last, is the last series. Uh, I think Memphis takes this home tonight to win the series four games to two. If they, if they push it to seven, then it's a toss-up. I think so. I think you're right. But um, I think the Grizzlies are young. I think that's why they've kind of struggled here in the playoffs because whenever you're a young team and you don't have a lot of playoff experience, the, the moment can kind of feel pretty big. But I got to say, man, Timberwolves now with Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, they they look to, they they could make a run in the next couple of years if Anthony Edwards keeps growing if he keeps getting better. Uh, they they look like they could be pretty good. I think the Grizzlies are going to be very good as long as they got John Morant there. Um, I, I think the Wolves still need that one more piece. They thought D'Angelo Russell was a second star to Cat. Yeah, he really isn't. No, um, they're hoping Anthony Edwards becomes that second star to Cat, right? Yeah, but I mean, even that is still to be decided upon, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, another team that I, I, I feel like uh, could be very good in the next couple of years is the Pelicans. Oh, especially if they keep Zion and Zion stays healthy, that team's dangerous. With sure. Brandon Ingram and T.J. McCollum. Yep. And now, you have, now you have a bunch of second-tier stars that can – dude, like, it's nuts. I love that setup. If they have Zion, healthy Zion, willing Zion to play the whole nine, right? Yeah. So, second round matchups here. Um, we obviously got we got Philadelphia, Miami. I think Milwaukee and Boston is a hell of a series. I think that's going to be a great series starting I, on Sunday. I think it's a good series, but not having Middleton in that series is killer for Milwaukee. How long is he out? He's out for the series. Oh, he's already been. Yeah, he's out for the series. Yeah, he's out for the series. Okay. Okay. So they have the Celtics have Rob Williams back now, um, coming off that meniscus uh, or MCL partial tear, whatever he had at the end of the season, yeah. and they're full steam. And the 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 Bucks still have Giannis and Drew Holiday, but they have an awesome supporting cast. So they have Portis, Grayson Allen. Unfortunately, as much as I hate that guy, Pat Connaughton, yeah. um, Bobby Portis. They have a Brooke Lopez. They have a bunch of amazing – Wes Matthews. They have a bunch of amazing uh, role players that do their job. So maybe, maybe, but still, Celtics, I see, have the edge on that. Then has a hell oh, of man, they got two defensive possible defensive player of the years. One, an actual player that won it, right? So Marcus Smart won it this year. First one yeah. since, since uh, Gary Payton, first guard to win it since Gary Payton. And then you had Rob Williams all year. You know, yeah. pretty much. And you got Jalen Brown, who's a hell of a defender. Oof, yeah, he's great. So you have three guys that are, are on all NBA defensive first, second, or third teams. All three of them belong on at least one of them. I, I think Boston's got a chance because Tatum seems to be starting to ascend to that level 
Yeah, Tatum's I, I, turning into like a Kobe. He's got that Kobe mentality now. Or or yeah, or like KD, right? Like, like right, like, right, 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 right. We're starting to see Ingram and Tatum and some of these other younger guys that weren't established that we've been kind of waiting on for like three to four seasons start to ascend to that level. And Colin Cowherd mentioned something that I thought was a really smart point, is when you're drafting guys that are one and done, okay, you're drafting on potential, but you have to give them three or four years before they pop. So you have to be patient. You can't lose patience with guys. And he's like, the Lakers were not patient with Alonzo Ball or Brandon Ingram. Ingram's starting to pop now. He's like, who do you think the Lakers would rather have now? Do you think they'd keep – Ingram and Lonzo Ball and all those guys instead of trading for Anthony Davis? Because I feel like right now, if the Lakers had Ingram and Lonzo Ball and Kuzma and – They would have been in the playoffs. They would have been in the playoffs, and they might have been a top three seed in the West with those guys with LeBron James. You know, No, those guys would have made it to the playoffs had they – if they had those those players, right, available. I think – You've seen the evolution of all these other guys, like on other teams. Ingram's turned into like a one B, you know, almost. You know, Alonzo Ball is a master, you know, assist. He's a pure point guard, pass first point guard that plays defense, and he's six six, six seven. He is he is like a, a little bit lesser version of Jason Kidd, I would say, because Jason Kidd was never a great scorer. He was never a great scorer. I, I want to say he's Ron Harper, like in size, because he's six six, six seven. Yeah. Defensive chops up the wazoo, right? But, you know, his scoring, you know, is going to have to evolve. And even if he does, he still does. He's like a – dude, I would take him over Ben Simmons because he could still score. When he's sent up to the line, he can still score. So, I mean, this is – yeah, that that Lakers team, I think they've literally bought that one bubble championship that they have. Yeah. They purchased that, literally. Yeah, they – be real they're not getting that championship if there's no and they don't have picks for the future either to build on either if if the pandemic never happens and they have to go on the road and and actually face teams i don't and they didn't get three months off from the last time of the season till the playoffs started there's no way that happens Uh, they, they they got a full three month off season to rest before the playoffs started. So, yeah, I just I – And for know. basketball, that's huge. That's massive for basketball. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, so, what, what, matchup are you, what matchup in the second round are you probably the most hyped to watch, would you say? I'd like to see the Mavericks. Matchup. Okay. You know? Okay. I think that's going to be interesting. To, the to, Mavericks, to, is that is – that the... Dallas and the, and the Suns. Yeah, Dallas and the Suns, I believe, is the matchup that's going to happen. Um, Devin Booker coming off of a little hammy injury, which, yeah. and then you have Luca coming off of an injury himself. Um, so I, that that kind of scenario lets a lot of role players step up, like your Jalen Brunson from the Mavericks, who dropped 41, uh, which is nuts. Like Donovan Mitchell should probably say bye bye Utah. Like I don't want to be part of a losing team anymore in the playoffs. I'm dodging. Yeah. yeah. He needs to be a, a second or first star on another team, you know. Donovan Mitchell, yeah, 100%. I, I agree. I, I think Donovan Mitchell, 
is probably fucking, like, can you believe this? Rudy Gobert went on Instagram Live the night before the, the last game and said that his bee from his beehive stung him on the nose and he wasn't feeling well. And he, and he posted a picture of a swollen nose and him and saying that, oh, you know, I believe that these things are so, like, they're good for your health and it builds immunity and this, that, the other. Come on, man. You're, you're, you're playing with a clown show at this point. The guy has no offense. Defensive player of the year, I'll give you that. Fine. Rebounds, fine. You know, blocks, whatever. But, dude, he's a clown. So he's a borderline they, all-star. He's a Roy yeah. Hibbert in my mind that won it a couple of years in a row. Yeah, yeah, probably. Oh, that, I mean, I think that if the Jazz won to, they would be smart to keep Mitchell and try to move off Gobert, try to move off Mike Conley's contract because Mike Conley looked terrible in that series against Dallas. Uh, I would try to move those guys and try to get what I could for it and build around Mitchell. But, you know, uh, should be on the move. I what, Tell me what you think about this trade and whether or not you think this is feasible. I I posted this to our Twitter account that I feel the Lakers should try to move Anthony Davis, and I would try to send him to Atlanta in exchange for John Collins and Kevin Herter, or Werter, whatever, however you pronounce his name. And then I would send picks to Atlanta, like a 2027 pick, uh, that maybe like lottery protected to the to to Atlanta. Atlanta then gets another star to pair with Trey Young. Anthony Davis doesn't have to play the center role because they have Clint Capella there already. They got they they, they have great defense then with uh, DeAndre Hunter. They got Bogdan Bogdanovich who can shoot. But you pair another star, even though he's often injured. You pair another star with Trey Young, and L.A. It's John Collins, who's a stretch four who can shoot, and they get another deadly shooter in in, in her. I, I don't like that. I don't like that swap for the Lakers because you know you're losing a star and you're getting fillers. You know, um, I would say unload wherever you unload Davis too. You got to unload Westbrook as well. So you have to get a. No team's going to be able to take on both of them. It's impossible. You're talking okay. almost, you're talking almost eighty million dollars in salaries for both. Okay, yeah, true, true. Both of them are still signed. Uh, what's his name is signed? Westbrook is signed for another two years. Westbrook, you're going to have to dump separately. But I think I, I get it. Anthony Davis is a star when he's healthy. He's probably a top ten player in the league. I understand that. But Collins, John Collins, gets you points. And, and and LeBron likes to be surrounded by shooters. And John Collins, he can shoot from the outside if needed be, if need be, the stretch four. And Kevin Harder can shoot from the outside as well. And it gets you two pieces. And then if you deal Westbrook to, to Houston for, like, John Wall. For John Wall, yeah. I would say that's the only salary swap that makes sense. Well, the other one is this. You send him back to Oklahoma City, who has the cap space, but you got to take Derek Favors and Mike Muscala back from the Thunder to make it work. Then you throw in another draft pick to the to the Thunder for them taking Russell Westbrook. So now, then you add then you would add Favors 
you would add Favors and you would add Mike Muscala, and and both are okay, solid players. They're not anything great, but you got to add you got to add that pick to the to uh, to the Thunder. Make it a heavily protected lottery pick, whatever. And now you at least reset the roster a little bit for LeBron James, and he doesn't have a star, but he's got guys around him, and the roster's probably better construed. Now, pushing this trade through the trade machine, it says the Lakers are actually making these two trades, puts them three-plus wins over what they were. So it adds three wins to their total from this season. So that means this machine feels that the Lakers would be better making these trades. But you just said it. You're basically trading Anthony Davis for 50 cents on the dollar and you're not getting a whole lot for Russell Westbrook. You're getting uh, two expiring contracts and some, you know, C-level players of Muscala and Derek Favors. Yeah, I think the Lakers are in, a, like, a huge, massive hole that they need to somehow dig themselves out. So either you, you find a star and one more somehow, right, um, and somehow one way or the other you make it work, whichever the w- way the case is, right? Um, or because you have no picks for like four years or something like that, you know? No, they they got picks. They got they picks. second round picks, but they they've lost their first round for like three years, dude. No, they got they got a pick in twenty twenty four coming up. So they twenty twenty they don't have a pick in this year's draft. They wanted to pick next year, but they got a pick in twenty twenty four. They didn't have one this last year either. Right. Yeah. So it's three years in a row. Yeah. The Lakers need a lot of help, man. A lot of help. A lot. An aging team now with no bench. Luke Monk's gone. All these other guys that joined for the year, gone. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's a mess there in Lakers. But this is what LeBron does. I don't understand why, and he comes out and he's like, "Well, I don't, I don't make the trade." But this is what he does to every franchise. Then every franchise is, is like, "Oh, look what when when LeBron left, they could barely win twenty two games." It's because he decimates the roster. And then he- you know, can I, can I tell you something? Just just so, from like a comparison perspective, right? Um, the Bulls. Uh, have Levine now? He's he- headed into free agency, right? And he's going to demand a higher contract, obviously, right? Yeah. But when the Lakers went for Davis, right? They the, and now they when they went for Westbrook, they actually could have gone for Levine and kept him on the same contract that he's on. He's on a very cap friendly contract that he signed like four years ago. Who uh, Zach Levine is? Yeah, they could have made a play for another star instead of Russell. Effing Westbrook. Yeah, I know. The, you know what's funny is is and and the other thing that LeBron does is he deems guys too old, right? He says I can't win with these guys. Dwayne Wade in 2013-14 was the last. That was the last season LeBron James played in Miami. Okay, before he going to Cleveland. Dwayne Wade was 32 that year. 32 years old. Now Michael. Michael Jordan, when he won three championships in a row in 96, 
starting in 95, 96, and going until 97, 98. Guess how old he was when he started that three-peat? 34? He was 32 years old, the same oh, age as 32, sorry. Same age as Dwayne Wade. But Dwayne Wade was too old to stay in Miami. And he didn't feel like he could win any more championships than Dwayne Wade is his number two. I, I don't get it. 32, Jordan won another. And he left, he left to go to a Cleveland squad. But how old was Kyrie Irving then? 20 years old. Or 21, 22. He was young, dude. I, 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 don't, I don't even remember. But Kyrie was young. Kyrie came in when he was 18, by the way. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, Kyrie, in 2014, 2015, that was LeBron's first year. He was 22 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, he left to go 10 years younger in Cleveland. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and Kevin Love was probably, what, 25, 26? No, Love was probably like 27, 28, or like 28, I think. Same age as him, more or less, a little bit younger. Yeah, like, so Kevin Love in 2014, 2015, uh, was, I'm sorry, he was 26. You were right, 26 years old. Sorry, 26. So. Coming off of like 30 point, 30 rebound games, you know. Right. So that's what he chose to leave to. Like, and then he still couldn't get it done. And, I mean, I don't know. I think LeBron is just bad for a franchise. That's just my take on the guy. Yeah. I think he's an incredible athlete with the way that he's gone about in his career, making the moves that he's made and trying to team up and do the things that he's done. I don't think that, that, that in fact, that those moves actually make him look worse as a player overall. But and the other thing is too, man, is he doesn't want to be patient with young talent. He comes to Cleveland. He makes them flip Andrew Wiggins for Kevin. Kind of kept Wiggins and made him into a, a G in, in Cleveland, yeah. you know? He made them flip that roster, got rid of basically all the young players, and, and said, I want these guys. And he came to L.A. and he brought in Kyle Corver. Crap. Yeah, J.R. Smith. Smith. And then he did the same thing in L.A., man. He did the same thing in L.A. Get rid of Coos, Ingram, and Lonzo Ball, and, and, and Alex Caruso. And Josh Hart. And Josh Hart. And who the fuck do you got now? You got You got – Mr. Glass, Anthony Davis, who can barely play 52 games in a season, and you got and you got fucking Russell Westbrook, who's a, who's a fine player, but he doesn't fit with LeBron. Even your tier, even your tier two players like Larry Nance Jr., who has yeah. a double double career elsewhere, you know, you got rid of that too somehow. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's all the time we got here on a Friday night. It's been great being back with you. We will be here on Monday. We'll have complete draft recap after everything. Day two, day three, right? We'll have we'll have you know some steals. Uh, yeah, exactly. Some steals. Who see if there's any big names that fell far. Uh, sometimes we see guys that are projected to go maybe late first round, middle to second, and they fall to like a fourth or fifth round pick. So. We're going to see that. Uh, we'll talk about some other surprises. Uh, but, yep, it's been great coming back. Uh, we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Hopefully Josh uh, can rejoin us, and we might have Tommy on Monday's show. Uh, keep, uh, just, uh, hey, listen, this second coming of Tommy, has been you've been singing this tune for, like, weeks now. What, the, the day that he joins, you understand I'm going to berate him, right? You let him know that. I hope you do. I hope you do. Just let him know that, too. Make sure he's aware of that. All right. Oh, he's taking us out. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy your Friday.